CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, Lombardi Line on a Friday. Let's ride. Now I'm playing as we welcome you in. It is, of course, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Imagine if I did start the show that way. Hey, Lombardi Line, let's ride. That's the way your boy Russell Wilson ends every conversation. As we oh, open man. up the conversation, we may need to bring in, I don't know, like a third party to help us work through what we saw. Maybe lay down on the couch over there in your office because that 12-9 win for the Colts, seven field goals made, 15 penalties, 12 punts. The teams combined to go six for 31 on third down. That was, uh, that was something. Hi, Michael. Hi, good morning, Patrick. How are you? I mean, uh, you know, it was it was uh, everybody saying this is bad football, but like, a, you know, like you, know, you can't take your eyes off it. That's how bad it was. I mean, to me, it it, it was a I compared this to the article I wrote. It was like watching and I and nobody probably will get this analogy, but back in the 40s, you know, boxing was big sport and. We had two great champions one time. Joe Lewis, who was declining. He was broke. He came back from the Army, but he was a tremendous fighter, and he needed money, so he fought Jersey Joe Wilcock, and Jersey Joe needed money, too. They were both aging heavyweights, and one was a champion, and they fought at Yankee Stadium, and, and, and Joe won a decision that the fans booed, and then they came back two years later. They fought again, and everybody in attendance knew that these guys can't fight anymore. I think we all saw that those two quarterbacks on the field are aging, and they're not the same players, and they're declining heavyweight champions at one time. And Russ more so than Ryan because Russ has $240 million walking around his neck. Ryan, you know, doesn't have that kind of contract. So to me it was about where are we going, what's going to happen in Denver, and how they can continue to play like this and think that they're going to be compete at the highest level is remarkable to me. So I actually liked watching it because to me it was – what not to do in sports, what not to do, right? Like 
okay, your left tackle's a rookie, didn't practice all week, has a high ankle sprain, but he's out there playing, and you don't give any help to the left tackle. Okay, that's something you shouldn't do, right? Like, you should kick a field goal when you're up by, when you go up six, because you could have given them the ball back on the five-yard line and said, okay, you got 20 plays to get a touchdown. They probably wouldn't have scored the Colts, right? It's just yes, what not to do should have been the title of that game. The title of the article reference is the Lombardi look ahead. I got a chance to read it this morning. VEASAN pros can find it over at VEASAN.com. You got the quarterback rankings. You got the line of the week. You got the team rankings. You've got the boxing anecdote. And you've got the return of Hall and Oates in the mix as I well. I can't go for that. Uh, no can do. Okay. Let's, let's, we'll get to the Colts in a second. Let's start with Russell Wilson. Let's start with Nathaniel Hackett. Let's start with George Payton. But there are two plays in particular I want to start with and get your take. The first one is up three. The Colts have no timeouts left. It's uh, 2.19 to play. The Broncos are up 9-6. Third and four, Colts 13. And Russell throws a terrible pick to Stephon Gilmore. Your thoughts there. You got to pick up the first down. Instead, they're going for the home run. Well, I mean, look, at this point of the game, at this point in the game, the clock is your opponent. I know you're only up by three, but if you were watching the game through the entire game, you realize that Indy was never going to score. I mean, that what did they have? They had Correct. they had six drives where they didn't even get a first down on. Like, they, they can't protect the passer, so how are they going to make an explosive play? And I'm not sure Ryan could throw the ball over 20 yards anyway. So, like, if – so there, why not just keep running it, let the clock milk down, get to the two-minute warning, kick your field goal, make it, Go up six, kick off, kick it in bounds, make them have to work the ball, make that offensive line protect. Like, you got a double chance. You avoid, to me, you left yourself open for criticism on fourth and one when you didn't go, when you didn't kick the field goal. You recovered from that, and now you're going to do this. I mean, every decision that Nathaniel makes seems to be no, no applied to the, what's going on on the field. He's making them in a vacuum. Because he's looking at somebody said, okay, we got to go for it here. Because of the analytics. And and if you don't apply the game situation to the analytics, the analytics is going to leave you hanging. On to the next one. Remember, they added a game management coach with Nathaniel Hackett. This week they added another assistant for in-game management. Here's the final one. Okay, down three, overtime. Fourth and inches, Colts five. What are you going to do? They take two timeouts. At one point, they had Russ under center. They take a couple of timeouts. Look what the defense is giving. They come out with Russ and shotgun, which lets the defense know you're going to throw the ball. Michael, I, I played, all I played was high school football. I could see it was cover one. I could see it was all man. Aren't you just essentially looking off the safety and finding the guy, KJ Hamler, on the slant, right? Instead, there's two things. One, Russ makes a terrible decision, incomplete, tries to force it to Sutton, and then two... Why aren't you running the football and picking up the first down there from under center? Why aren't you sneaking the ball? It's inches. Well, they've, they, I mean, I've said it on this show. I've said it before, and I, I said it on Pat McAfee. Everybody laughed at me. Most important, most important position now in football to, is a quarterback that'll actually sneak the ball. Wasn't that obvious last night, huh? I mean, if you just sneak the ball, and you know what's made it? I was on the phone with a friend of mine who's a former coach in the league, and we were just talking about what we were watching last night, and and, and they didn't even have two A-gap players in there. They knew they weren't going to sneak it. Like, they were just indifferent to the sneak. Like, they don't have to defend the sneak. <laughs> you don't even have to defend it, right? Like, the Colts, you're saying the Colts, didn't even, the Colts didn't even pretend. 
They didn't even pretend to defend the sneak. You know, they didn't even pretend to. They just said, to hell with it. You know, and, and, and Hackett walks out of the game. I listened to his press conference after the game, and he's like, well, the well, best thing we wanted to put the ball in Russ's hands. Okay, put it. Have you been watching Russ play? Do you really want the ball in Russ's hands? Like, I, I don't, I didn't listen to the broadcast, but if somebody wasn't killing Russ during the broadcast, they weren't watching the same game I was watching. Like, he was Jersey Joe out there. He wasn't the same player. You know, I, I took a lot of grief this week on McAfee because I use the line that I use here all the time. He's not cooking at the French Laundry. He's at the Hackensack Diner. You know, I'm not sure. I'm, I think I'm insulting the Hackensack Diner the way he's playing. We're going to hear from Russell Wilson. We're going to hear from those involved in whatever the hell we watched last night. That, to me, to not just try to pick up that first down, Nathaniel Hackett. So, Russell Wilson, 0 for 6 as far as passing attempts in the end zone including a pick. He's two for 18 passing attempts to the end zone this year. That's the worst in the NFL. They were terrible in the red zone. Again, they're the worst red zone offense, the Broncos in football. Stephen Bond, let's hear from Russell Wilson. I'm sure no cliches here used. I didn't come up with the way I know how to, you know, uh, tonight. We felt like we, we could have, um, like I said, I let us down, but, um, you know, I know I'm a winner. I know that I'm a battler. I know that I know that I'm going to keep going and keep believing. There's so much season left, like I said. Um, there's so much opportunity left, and uh, I believe in these guys every day. And I know they believe in me too. We believe in each other, um, uh, you know. And so yeah, I'm looking forward to to turning it around. I'm looking forward to turning it around because we, when we when we do, um, it's going to be a special story when we do. Okay, so a couple of things. One, today has been used social media and, and various shows. It's an outlet to make fun of Russell Wilson as a person. We're not going to go there. I mean, he is cheesy, he is cringy. He's all those things. He's insincere. However, let's just stick with on the field because I, you had your bottom five. He didn't make the bottom five as far as quarterbacks and the look ahead as far as Lombardi. Um, he's close, man. He's not very he's good. He's close. Look, anything I say about players or coaches – it has nothing to do with their personalities or I dislike them. I'm just trying to always try to be honest with people that listen to our show because we, don't ha we have such a, a huge gap of honesty. Nobody wants to say anything. As I've said before, as Cosell once said, if you see it, you've got to say it. Like, Russell's not playing well, and so why? Okay? And it's not his personality, and it's not his divaness, and it's not his, you know, his cliches. It's simply this. When you watched him last year in Seattle, his movement, his lower body wasn't, didn't have any juice in it, okay? He wasn't able to run. He wasn't able to create. He wasn't able to escape from anybody, right? He had 183 yards rushing. He couldn't make Russ-like plays. It was clear on the tape. It was clear on the tape. Now, you all, everybody said that that was an anomaly. Well, it's not. It's clearly on the tape. He can't make plays with his feet. His lower body has left him. The legs in his lower body. The reason I used a boxing analogy to start my column is because with boxers, we can see what a boxer's done. Everybody in Yankee Stadium in 1948 knew Joe's Jersey Joe and Joe Lewis were done. They knew it. Their legs were gone. They couldn't avoid the punch. They couldn't make a punch. Everybody knew last night both quarterbacks are at the end of their careers. Now, you could manage Russell a little bit probably better because Matt Ryan can't move a little bit. But in terms of taking you to the level, in terms of him being a top five player in the National Football League, those days are long gone. They were long gone in Seattle. Seattle last year, when you look at where they are, they're averaging 23 points a game. 
Last year, they averaged around 23 the same. Last This year, they're averaging 6.3 yards per play. Last year with Russell, they averaged 5.4. Like, let's no, just put things in perspective. Let's stop is, trying to wild. make this personal. Let's stop making this personal, right? I would never have told you that Geno Smith is a better player than Russell Wilson right now. But Seattle obviously knew that. I didn't. Seattle did. Clearly, Denver did. But Russell is not playing anywhere close to Geno Smith in terms of completions, in terms of percentage, in terms of looking up the field. The other reason I bring up boxing is because when you get hit as much as Russell has gotten hit and Matt Ryan, you naturally, your eye level comes down. Boxers' eye levels come down. They start reacting to punches that aren't even thrown. That's what I see with Russell. That's what I see with Ryan. I guarantee you the Denver Bronco defense is pissed. Six sacks last night, two picks. In six games, the Broncos have scored 16 or fewer points. Excuse me, in five games, the Broncos' offense have scored 16 or fewer points in four of those games. Broncos' defense is legit. The offense is a disaster. They had more uh, points final. scored last year, Patrick. 19 they averaged last year with the law firm of Bridgewater and Locke. This year with Wilson, they averaged 15. And that was with the fossil Vic Fangio doing his thing. When we come back, we'll go Colts and also hear from Richard Sherman. We're just getting started. Lombardi line. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. I couldn't believe it when I got the text at 6 a.m. from Michael Lombardi. All it said was, puck drops tonight, exclamation point, of course. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. Like, oh, I can't wait. I'm betting he the under. Reading. I'm betting yeah, under. Let I me know. go. I want to pick a game out. I'm going to bet the under here. What do I got? I, I, the Preds and Sharks dropped the puck in Prague to kick off the regular season, and Michael was reading that NHL season prep guide. He just wrote back, it's amazing, and everybody's saying the same thing. It's really incredible. I mean, if you want to become a new better, as far as NHL, we're going to help you. If you're a seasoned veteran, we're going to help you. All 32 teams are previewed. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I can send it to Bond. He just said, puck drops tonight. I could not believe he sent me that text as we welcome you back. 
You would have thought his mind was on football. We've got a busy weekend here on the Lombardi line. We're going to preview, by the way, later coming up, Oklahoma and Texas. Chris Plank is going to join. Vinny Maliulo in his regular spot as well. But we're just kind of, uh, I guess... Syst- like w- w- working through the rubble of whatever last night was. It's going to take was. a while to get over that last night. It's, it's going to take a while. I mean, you know, I, I asked you this question, and I know you're in charge of the questions here, but how would you have liked to be the new owner of the Broncos and watching this and watching the first five weeks? You've just spent all this money for a quarterback. You, you, you know, you hire a new coach and like, welcome to the NFL. It's hard. And then, you know, if you're Jim Irsay, who's been around some really – good coaches. He's been around really good players. I think he knows the game. He, he he doesn't overreact. He's not impatient. I mean, what does he say? Like, at what point do you say to Frank Reich, like, hey, Frank, can we get somebody over there to help this poor left tackle play protect? Can we do something to help the quarterback so he has more than a half a second to throw the ball? Is it possible? Yeah, Bernard Raymond was the left tackle. He was either giving up a sack or getting called for a penalty, and he was always by himself. The Colts were 2-for-15 on third down. By the way, Matt Ryan, he has been sacked 21 times through five games. Carson Wentz was sacked 32 times through 17 games last year. That is an indication of less mobile quarterback, obviously, but an offensive line that is banged up and underperforming. Uh, before we get way to the Colts, underperforming. Way, way underperforming. Before we get to the Colts, part of the Lombardi look ahead, which again is available for VEASAN pros over at VEASAN.com, you had a great anecdote that I didn't know about George Payton. He is the general manager there with the Broncos and the hiring process of Hackett. Let's go through this a little bit because Hackett may not make it through the year. Certainly probably doesn't make it into year two unless something drastic changes just because there's so much momentum being built about he doesn't look the part. He's making terrible decisions. It's compounding. I'm going to let you run with it. Well, I think the biggest issue, I did, I did Denver radio before at 11 o'clock on, on that, the station that broadcast our show. And I said, to me, one of the, they, they talked about the fans in Denver, which are great fans, leaving the game in overtime. They were leaving the game before the, the outcome was determined. They were just leaving. And I made the comment that the Denver fans are real. The Bronco fans are smart. They know good. They've seen good. They've seen great. They've seen bad. They've seen it all. And I think what, what Nathaniel fails to do is he fails to exude confidence. Like when you see him interviewed or when you see him on the sideline, he looks dazed and confused. And he doesn't send an aura of, I got this. Don't worry, I got this, okay? Like you feel like he's in over his head. That's the messaging his body sends. And I think the fans see that. And I don't think they're buying that. I think they could buy losing. They can't buy no leadership. And so the reason I posted that article and wrote about it today is because they were so happy to promote their process about how they came up with this coach, how they had five people, because you've got to have collaboration, you know, five counsel. people, counsel, that came in and they graded all these coaches that they interviewed. Now let me ask you something. Let's these five people that graded them. What do they know about football and leadership? Like, what do they know? Like, seriously, what have who have they been around that's been great? Who have they seen? You're great. So basically, what you're doing is collecting fake data. You're collecting misinformation. You're collecting misinformation. They reached the conclusion, and and Peyton sitting over there saying, "Well, this is our product. We knew exactly what we were doing. Maybe you should evaluate the evaluators." 
they ended up on Nathaniel Hackett. They said he, he clearly of the, I think it was 15 that they interviewed. 15. I think you mentioned that he clearly was the standout. I mean, are you kidding? Well, they had 15, they had 15, they, had, they interviewed 10 people, nine in person, 10, one via Skype. They had 15 characteristics. In the article, I posted the nine that I got from the Ryan O'Halloran article in the Denver Post. I attributed it to him as well. And one of them what, that stuck out to me was leadership, game management. Like, these are the things he excelled in in the interview. Like, I'm sorry, but he may be able to do that. This is one of those where the, I don't know if, Bob Lamont represents Nathaniel Hackett or whoever does. But whatever agent got him ready for the interview clearly got him ready. But it, there's no implementation of it. It's not – it's, again, it's an interview. Like, to me, there shouldn't be five people in an interview. There should be maybe two. And you should be grilling the guy. Like, I, I, Al Davis wouldn't let me sit on some of the interviews. Like, he would grill the guy. You know, like, okay, put this formation up here. What are you doing here? This situation in the game, what are you doing here? Like, like that's an interview. That's an interview. But, I mean, but this is the league we're in now. It's a, it's a league of, I don't even know what. I mean, we talk about hiring minority coaches. We talk about promoting. We have no leadership, right? We have no leadership at all. We're not teaching leadership at all. And this is another example. Yeah, we saw as we went to overtime, those great Denver Bronco fans leaving the stadium. Situational football is what you discussed. Instead, after a couple of timeouts there in overtime, instead of picking up the first down on fourth and inches, they decide to go shotgun incompletion. Richard Sherman has seen this before. He was on the Amazon broadcast, and he reacted. On the final play, you got to run the ball again. Like I, I mean, I wish I had Marshawn up here. Like, one yard. You need one yard. Run the ball. Run, what? Run the ball. And CT. He's triggered. All he has He's to triggered. do is run the football. Like, <laughs> necessary criticism. I'm not, you know, I've said enough criticism for him, but God dang it, run the dang ball. Like, learn well, from I, your mistakes. I don't, can somebody fill me in? What is he yeah. referring to? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> Have you been in this situation before? Run I, the I, ball. I will say this. Okay, fake outrage from Sherman. He's just getting started in the industry. He'll get better. But his point was he felt as though he was hearkening back to the Super Bowl, which you were a part of. Uh, right. Russ, did Russ check out? Michael, I have to ask you. Did Russ check out of a run? I, I don't think so, and here's why. We were in a goal line defense. See, Russell's complete. I mean, Richard's completely wrong. If they would have tried to run the ball in that game, it would have got stopped for a two-yard loss. I, I know that Marshawn Lynch is Hercules. I get that. But Marshawn got tackled on the play before by Dante Hightower, who right. had a bad shoulder, had to get shoulder surgery after the game. He got him on the ground. So, like, let's stop that. Like, let's let's talk, let's talk business, right? Let's let's not keep let's not make this personal, right? Yeah, Russell made a horrible decision in the Super Bowl. It was the right decision. It was the poor, the worst play. They were not going to they were not going to get in the end zone based on the front we had in there. They were not. It's just a fact. It's a fact. He doesn't want to admit it. It's a little bit like nobody wants to admit that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't act alone. Nobody wants to admit that this didn't happen, that, that, that they would have scored a touchdown. So let's go to the game last night. I agree. If you could quarterback sneak it, that's the way to go. But in the NFL today, in, in the NFL today, in the NFL yesterday, in the NFL to future, it's all about numbers, right? If you have seven in the box and I only have six blockers, how am I going to get everybody blocked and make a play? Like, it's not fair to the players to say, make a play. So what you typically like to do in these situations is have checks. That's why we hear the word kill, kill, kill. 
because they're killing to another play. There's no team that doesn't have two plays on you. So I agree with Richard in one sense where if Russell would have come to the line, put his hands underneath the center, saw that there was nobody in the – that he could have sneaked it, then he takes it. If he would have saw that they were loaded in the front, like Denver did last week against the Raiders when they ran the pitch to Zaire White, then you pitch it. You have an answer for everything they do. That's why you're paying $240 million to the quarterback because he can get you out of a bad play. And then at the end of the day – it's not a bad play. It was bad execution by Russell because he's got Hamler wide open in the end zone. So, you know, on one sense, Sherman's right in his criticism. On the other sense, how about criticizing the quarterback who didn't make a play? Those listening on Altitude Radio in Denver, I think would agree with me here, where we go back to Hackett. They called two timeouts before they went to the shotgun. And the no, I think Denver, ca- I think the Indy called the timeout there, too. Well, okay, the pardon book, me. In- yeah, pardon and then and then Denver called a timeout once they saw the defensive set. So, but they right. had time. My bigger point is, Michael, they had time. And I will tell you, and this might not be completely Hackett's fault because now they've got so many people in his ears during the game. But he looked confused even when he had the extra time there trying to figure out what they wanted to do fourth and inches. Well, I mean, look, he 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 looks. Conf- that's the part of the problem. When you hire a head coach, you got to sell the coach to your fan base, and the coach has to sell himself as a leader, as I got this, right? Not false bravado like Rob Rex Ryan, but I got it. We'll talk about it when we come back from the break. I hear Here's the drummer. The, a couple minutes ago, Russell Wilson on Twitter. New day. Jesus, you still get all the glory in the good and the bad. I praise you. I mean, that is Russ. Here, just I'll, I'll, I'll bless the Lombardi line. We'll come back with the Colts next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you back, presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network on a Friday. Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher. I'll just, a pretty simple question, then we're getting to the Colts. You know, this is a Broncos team with that defense that is two and three. If you hire Sean Payton or somebody that's competent, you have a better record right now. I bring that up just to say, you know, this NFL season is finite. It's a small window. There's 17 games played. This is billion, yeah. billion dollar corporations. Why the hell would you put somebody incompetent? Again, they thought they made the right hire, but you got to make it like it's too soon. <laughs> Most would say to make a change if you're the Broncos, but it's a small window here and it's a good defense. Well, I mean, here's let's let's play it out. You're George Payton or if you have this authority or you're John Elway, who's probably still has a lot of authority in the building. But let's just say you're you are let's just say you're I'm the general manager and I'm in this situation and I have the authority. How many what moves can I make to fix this problem? Okay? What moves can I make to fix the problem? Okay, the one move I could make, which is the only move I can make right now, is to let this play out, to see if it can correct itself, to continue to watch Russell. My options of letting Russell go or replacing Russell are null and volt. I've already given that away with the contract. All right, so now the season goes on. Once I determine that we can't fix Russell or this staff can't fix Russell, I basically become Commissioner Gordon. And I, gotta, I pick up one phone, it's the red phone, and I call Sean Payton. That's the only call I can make. It, and I can't get outbid for him. I fly to Los Angeles, I go get Megan, I take her out to lunch, I do whatever you want, I bring Sean and say, okay, blank check. He's the only one who can fix it. He's the only one free who could fix it. 
because I what I if I do that, I get instant credibility. I get I get somebody who could come in and if he can't fix Russ, he can get us to the next guy. Okay? So I don't have a lot of options if I'm George Payton. Now, can I withstand it? Am I going to be able to stand in front of the Walton family and say this? The only way I can withstand it is I got to be able to prove that I can get Peyton. Now, would Peyton come to me or would he go to somewhere else, whatever job opens up? I don't know that. But that to me seems like right now, October the 7th, that's probably the only move I can make or else I'm in checkmate. I'm in checkmate. Could I hire another young offensive coach to fix Russ? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Let's take a look at the other side. The Colts won a football game where they didn't score on the road. They're 2-2-1 now. Frank Reich, Matt Ryan, doesn't look good as we take a look at the schedule. So they've got the Jags, so they're going in division here. They've got the Jags next Sunday. They go to the Titans. They've got the Commanders. They go to the Patriots. So those are the next four for the Colts. Let's uh, get an overview on what you saw from the Colts last night. Look, I think the Colts are good. I mean, one thing about the Colts, let's be honest, like it's not all bad, right? Like their defense played really well. Their special teams is excellent. Their offensive line, before we get to Matt Ryan, before you saw, before we throw Matt Ryan off the bus, and I'm not defending Matt Ryan here at all, but nobody is going to play good behind that offensive line. They're not tough. They're not physical. They don't get any movement in the run game. Quentin Nelson used to be a top-five player. He's no longer that from watching him play last night. You can't protect. You have no interest in protecting the quarterback. You want to get five out all the time. You don't even get the ball to one of your best players, which is that young tight end that they have. Like He's a guy that can make plays for them. He made plays down the stretch in the Kansas City game for him. So to me, like my conversation with Chris, if I were Chris Ballard with Frank Wright, Frank, Either we start protecting this guy or or it's not going or he's going to die. Like I know you want to get 5 out. I know you want to call the game like an offensive coordinator, but you're already a head coach. How about managing the game? And I know he's limited in what he can do. We we're in this mess together. We both agreed that he would help us. But we got to manage our way through this and if we stop turning the ball over, stop making negative plays and we protect and give our guys some help, maybe we'll get better. This offensive line to me is the central nervous system of why they're so bad. Because that line is bad. Now, could they get better at quarterback? Yeah, maybe they'll get a better player at quarterback. But if he's playing behind that line, he ain't going to work either. 11th fumble for Matt Ryan last night. That's the most through five games since the merger in 70. I mentioned he's been sacked 21 times through five games. Again, they wanted to get rid of Wentz. Wentz was sacked 32 times through 17. So he's on a historic clip as far as sacks. This is insane. Uh, the Colts were two for 15 on third down, and they walk it. How do you, what does Frank Reich say to the team when they play about as poorly as you can possibly play, yet they win a football game? Like, can you build off what you just saw? It's disgusting. But I, I think you, I, I think you guys say, look, fellas, you know, thank you, defense, for carrying us. Thank you, special teams, for being there for us, making the clutch plays. We owe you. We're going to get better on offense. I promise you. Just keep the same effort. We will get better. Look, we're a resilient team. We fought our way through. We're find a way to win. That's the most important thing. We got to keep finding ways to win. We're going to fix this offense. Try to build confidence in it. To me, it comes down to, you know. One of my dear friends in the league is now the Boston College offensive line coach, Dave, uh, we call him Gooch. He was the line coach there because when McDaniels came in, McDaniels hired him, right? And then, and then when McDaniels didn't take the job, he was there. And so Wright kept him. And that, 
they blocked really well with Gooch. Gooch had Brandon Smith playing right tackle, right? He had Costanza at left tackle, but the line played really good. They were tough. They got, you know, their physical run in the ball. Since he's gone and Frank replaced him with his guy, they've been a disaster. They've been a disaster. And, and frankly, you know, say whatever you want about Nick Sariani, but Nick Sariani leaving, they haven't been as good on offense. What's the answer for Reich? Um, obviously, a lot of questions swirling about his competency, losing in Jacksonville to make the postseason last year. Now they're 2-2-1, two, two and one, probably should be a little bit worse. Like, Where do you stand on Reich right now moving forward? I'm disappointed in his in his in-game management. I'm disappointed in, in his team not show. I thought he was a tough guy. I thought his team, and I always I've said this before on the program. I thought he was tougher, but he but he's not coaching like a tough guy. He's not, and his team's not well prepared, and they're giving games away. They're making more mistakes than they could possibly want to make. Penalties, you know, not doing simple things. It's it's coaching malpractice when you know you have a left tackle who you practiced at left tackle during the summer, okay? They did. This combination of the line that they had out there last night was a combination they practiced. Now, last week they had no practice, and the left tackle was working off an ankle injury. And so instead of just being smart and staying status quo, they, did, they didn't. But, like, one of the things that really drove me crazy watching the game, and I'm screaming at the TV, was Frank's inability to adjust. And then what are we doing setting outside in? So prior – at right tackle, he's jumping outside to handle the edge, and meanwhile, they he gives a direct hit to the quarterback. Like anybody who understands quarterbacks that can't move in the pocket, you must set inside out. If you don't set inside out, you have no way for the quarterback to step up into the pocket. Now, obviously, they're not going to talk about this on television, but that's but that whole thing, the fundamentals and the techniques of not doing that, exposes how bad you're coaching. And by the way, Reich, is, we're going to hear from Reich, uh, Frank Reich here in a second. He is a tough guy. You remember, I love the Oilers growing up, Jack Pardee, Warren Moon. Remember, the greatest comeback of all time was led by Frank Reich in the postseason. I mean, it was unthinkable bringing that Bills team back when he was filling in for Jim Kelly. Here is Frank Reich after the game talking about the Colts here. I wish you guys could have seen him up close. I, like, I love this guy in the fourth quarter. His The look in his eyes um, – the conversation, the short conversations that we have, the determination. Um, I just feel like we're going to go down the field and score. I mean, I really do. Um, he's going to make it work. Um, so a credit to Matt. I mean, you see all these things that have been said about him. What he does in the fourth quarter is impressive. Okay, so that sounds like I hung out with a friend and he was talking about this young lady he met on Bumble. Bumble is a dating app. And he was, mm-hmm. that sounded like what Frank Reich sounded like talking about Matt Ryan. My gosh, was he gushing over Matt Ryan there on a night where Matt Ryan wasn't necessarily great, but again, under duress the whole game. Well, I mean, they played five games. He's, he's had fourth, four, he's had three fourth quarter comebacks. He's won two of those games. So, you know, what he's saying is true, but again, and I, I'm not, look, I think Matt Ryan's arm looks shot. I thought he threw the ball better last year in Atlanta than he does right now. I think a lot of that is because he's taken a beating and his lower body, he's lost his legs, which happens to guys that are his age at 37. It goes, you know, and so, you know, I thought when you watch the Buffalo game and the win last year with Atlanta, he threw the ball a lot better than he did last night, but he's gotten the crap beat out of him. And that's a problem. That's a problem. You know, the last three years he's been last four years, he's been sacked over 120 times. 
the last four years, not counting this year, he's been sacked over 120 times. He's taken a beating, and he's still ticking, and he's still trying to make plays. Give him credit for that. But no one is going to solve this problem of their of, of their offense until they fix that line. And it starts with being smart. It starts with fundamentals, and it starts with kind of coming off the football and showing some temperament, like double-team movement, get some kind of movement. They got the crap. I mean, the Raiders ran for 212 against them last week. The Raiders' offensive line, man-to-man, is not as good as the Colts. There was one of the picks. It appeared that Ryan thought he had the arm strength to get it over the linebacker. I'm kind of conflating everything now. But that's when I thought the the, the arm strength wasn't there because he thought he could get it over the linebacker and it just didn't get there. It was was Uh, How many of those out routes that he threw that you thought were never going to get there? (laughs) You can measure the time. They were like serving lunch on those flights. They were like Tua's throws. They're serving lunch. Cowboys Rams next. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, thank you, Brent Musburger. We got you back. And here's a chance for you and your friends to earn $50 in bonuses when you sign up at BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program. Send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up, makes a deposit, you're going to both get $50. It's that simple. It's $50. Take advantage. Be a good friend. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. Again, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi nor Nevada. We've got Vinny Maliulo joining us at the top for his half hour on a Friday Lombardi line. We've got Chris Plank joining us to talk about Oklahoma, Texas. So plenty to do as we welcome you back on a Friday. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Um, Let's take a look. I'm sure you saw this, but not everybody's complete. Like Sometimes we forget that because of what we do, we're on social all the time. This was Ben Fox who tweeted it. Did you see this stat about the Ravens? The two and two Ravens have trailed for a total of 14 seconds 
and their two losses this season. That's kind of miraculous when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, they've lost leads. I mean, that's what happens when you, you know, they start fast and they lose leads. And, and uh, you know, I mean, look, it, and they're, they're going against a team that they gave up 82 points last year. That's Sunday night, Cincinnati at Baltimore. So we've got a division matchup. You know the number, right? Do you, did you see where we're sitting right now with the Baltimore Ravens uh, hosting I did not, Cincinnati? I thought it was, it, did it go up to three and a half or is it down to two? What did it do? No, you nailed it. It's, it's, got up, it's gotten up to three and a half. So, again, on but Sunday, you know most why shops I, open. I, you know why I knew that, Patrick? Because, again, I keep referring to this, and I think whether you're in the contest or not, you have to look at the circuit numbers as you prepare for the weekend because they give you the picture of where they think the line is going to go to. They kind of give you that sense. For example, this game here, they had it at three and a half. They had it at three. When yesterday, all day yesterday, it was at three. All day yesterday, it was at three. And, you know, they have the Browns-Chargers game. They have that at two. And all week, that line has been three. Okay, so this is why I really take into account where when you can get, and the reason, that whether, whether you use Westgates or whether you use Circa, it doesn't matter. Contested numbers have to be, you have to look at those, whether you're in the contest or not, just to give you a point of where the line is moving and where the shop thinks the line's going to go. Again, I'm not saying to play it one way or the other. It's just an indication of before, if you really want, if you wanted to play Miami, let's say this week, right? You wanted to play, that was three all week. Now it's three and a half. The Bengals who are catching three and a half Sunday night are four and one ATS, their last five meetings in Baltimore for what it's worth. It's funny you said that about Circa because I'm looking at the board and everybody's three and a half with Baltimore Lane at DraftKings, of course, our sponsor and BetMGM. The one book that's sitting three, now they are juiced up to 120, so it's headed to three and a half Circa has Baltimore Lane three right now, so it's interesting. They've come off their, they've come off the three and a half, right? Because Circa knows that the people in this contest, the ones that they're worried about, it, they they've handicapped the games and and they know the numbers, right? And so they're going to play the numbers. Like I wrote about today, I'm not one of those handicappers that just I can't take a number that okay, I got to take that number. I can't do that. I, I have a hard time with that, right? I have a really hard time. Okay, I know Pittsburgh's no good. I understand they're going to play Kenny Pickett. I know Buffalo's beat out, beat up. You know, Jordan Poyer's not going to play this week. They've got a bunch of injuries. But I just can't take the number 14. I, I don't have that in me to do it. It, it. That's what separates me from some of these other guys, that they can do that. I can't just look at it. I, gotta, I, I have too much of – my brain working on, okay, how does this game match up? How are they going to play it? So, you know, whereas this, this line is dedicated to those, those who just play numbers, and to give three was the wrong – they know everybody would take in Baltimore. It's a great Sunday night matchup, Cincinnati-Baltimore. Again, three and a half. Now, all the three and a halves are juiced like they're headed back to three, so just keep that in mind for new betters. And we talked yesterday about timing. We talked about – you know, not necessarily always waiting until five minutes before game time to get your number and secure your bet. It's very important. Um, okay, I want to move on to another game. But before we do, did you watch last night in silence by yourself with the dogs? Like, was there Absolutely. no volume on the TV at all? Zero. Zero. 
And it's just Europe. a it's just a it's just it's just a vibe you've got going there. You in know, Ocean I, City. I, 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 to prove it to you, I, the next time I do Sunday, I'll I'll record it. I, well, if somebody's over, they might want to watch the sound. Sunday's usually somebody wants to watch it, but no, no, no sound. <laughs> No sound. Well, you know I mean, I really do the same thing. Though? I never, I never have the TV sound on, but I'll always have like a like, I'll be watching something about the Civil War on YouTube. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's not like I can't just sit there. You got a whole yoga thing going where you're just literally sitting in silence, staring at the screen. That is a vibe. Well, Bella's snoring, and other than that, okay, that's the facts. only noise in the house. So I have a question, and I'm going to. Mix... I got to tell you that I got to tell oh, you this. Yeah, this, this. The other day, I was listening to a podcast. It's called. Uh, this day in history, and they were talking about how the, two days ago that James Bond actually became uh, a hit. You know, like that's when the movies came out two days ago, and just how Sean Connery got picked for the role and all that. So I didn't realize Amazon has all the Bond movies of course. there you can watch. Okay, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you. I'm laughing my ass off. It was about Dr. No and the premiere. I literally listened to that two days ago. We're, the, yeah. that, that podcast is great because it's 20 minutes you it's and history, I are it's called History Daily. I love it. It's, it's called great. History Daily. And I, I mean, some days I don't listen to it because I'm really not interested in the subject they're covering. So I just skip it. But History Daily, and they talked about, and so now Amazon has all these Bond movies. So great. like I've been, like the last two days I've watched, uh, uh, go, go, I watched uh, Diamonds Are Forever. I watched Dr. No. I watched Firefall. It was great. Who is your, who is your favorite Bond? Uh, not, not even close. I mean, Connery. It's the, the best. I mean, I've never seen a guy be able to do all the stuff he does in a suit never gets messed up. I mean, I, I, I leave the house in a suit, and by, by the time I get to my car, it's wrinkled. I mean, this guy's go, jumping on trains, going through things, and, and his suit's never messed up. It's pressed well, okay. perfectly. His bow tie uh, hold, never let moves. Let me ask you then. Let me, I, I want to get your reaction. Connery, you just said he's your favorite. We went to George Lazenby for On Her Majesty's Surf. Secret Service. Lazenby was an Australian actor. He lasted one Bond movie, but he was it's a very good movie. We went the, the we then went to Roger Moore. What was your take on the Moore era? I thought it was good. Moore was originally the guy they wanted to start the whole thing, as you learned on History Daily. And uh but they couldn't get him at that time. He was in another contract. I thought it was good. I just didn't think anybody was as good as Bond as as Sean. Okay. Like I'm calling we him then by his went first to Timothy. Name. We then went to Timothy Dalton for two. He's more of a mm -hmm. thespian. It was a grittier, more realistic. We then went to Pierce Brosnan for like four. Good. And then we got I the Daniel him. Craig, who most say Daniel Craig is second behind your boy. I, I would agree with that. I would put Daniel Craig too. I thought he's really good. Of course, Adele's okay. music in the background made it too. Did you watch the documentary on James Bond music too? That's really good. I would love to see that. You got to send That's me that on information. Amazon. It's my free man. too. Okay. Charlie Bassey sings "Diamonds Are Forever." It's fabulous. The correct answer is Stephen Bond for the best Bonds as our producer. <laughs> very, very cheeky to use an English term. Hey, I do have a question about the 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 Bucks. And Atlanta is in Tampa this weekend, and I'm not going to be salacious with it, but let's be realistic. So this number right now is sitting nine and a half, ten. So dancing around the doubles. Todd Bowles took a personal day this week. Cole Beasley stepped away after coming and joining the team. We, we understand what is swirling right now with Tom Brady. Injuries. Like, there is a lot. There is a horrific vibe surrounding the Bucs this season so far. I, I think a lot of people, a whole lot of people, think that 
the Bucs are just going to turn that switch. And Atlanta's so bad on defense and without Cordell Patterson and Atlanta's ability to play the run. I mean, excuse me, the Bucks' ability. It wasn't there last week, but typically the Bucs will play the run well. And the way the game went last year down in Tampa Bay, that I think everybody just feels like this line's going to go crazy. And, you know, the Bucs will cover rather easily at eight. You know, now the line in the contest, so you know, it's eight and a half here. And it's going up to ten. I mean, it's some I mean, some places are still at nine and a half, but for the most part, there's gonna be tens across the board by Sunday. If you like the Bucks, you may have missed that opportunity. Because now we're a Kyle, point and a half away from the contest. Kyle Pitts has been ruled out. Tom Brady is ten and zero against the Falcons. So the think Pitts about the, that. So think about that, yeah. Patrick. That's a good point. Kyle Pitts is out. Cordell Patterson is out. So now they're down to Drake London, a bad offensive line, and Mariota, who completed seven passes. It it, it may not be a bad play. What I'm saying is, to your point, I don't think the Bucs flip the switch. There are human beings in that house, and it's like, there's just a lot of stuff. Even It's just randomly Todd Bowles taking a personal day this week. Like, what more could this team be dealing with? I think, to me, I agree with you, but I think when Brady gets on the field, all that stuff kind of it, it kind of gives him a sense of a get away from that stuff you know it's like i get out of it for a moment connery's best was probably goldfinger from russia with love was a good one oh maybe i'll watch that tonight. continue i got a high school football game line. to go to tonight Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. 